and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. As everyone here is very aware, we have been experiencing a drought in the Northeast. You don't have to have gone on the news or even watched your local weather forecast to be aware of that. All you got to do is look out the window, um, walk outside, because everything is so brown. Um, I read about it, actually. I did read about it uh, yes, today, earlier today, about the drought. It's, it's gone through the whole Northeast. Massachusetts has it worse than us, apparently. Did it look really brown to you when you were there? No? Well, really? Okay. Well, I, and this may be a hit or miss thing, but um, in terms of lack of rainfall, they've had the less, the least. And we did get some rain yesterday, um, which was welcomed. And it did, it was a good soaking rain, but it's just not enough to make up for all the lack of rain that we've had. Now, it may have kept my grass from literally drying up and literally blowing away because it looked like that was about to happen. But I cannot, I, I actually cannot remember the last time I've cut my lawn. It's just been weeks, weeks and weeks since I've had to cut my lawn because it's just that dry. It's not good growing weather. I did have to, however, today go out and um, cut some of the weeds <laughs> because although the grass won't grow, the weeds still seem to just thrive. Isn't that interesting? Weeds just seem to thrive even when the things that you would desire to grow do not grow. And we can sort of blame that, I guess, um, on Adam. And I'll show you that. You can turn to Genesis chapter 3. It isn't fair, you know. It's not fair that while crops are suffering... While farmers are having to choose, as I was reading today, those that irrigate, now it's to the point where they just can't irrigate any longer and they have to choose what they're going to continue to irrigate because they can't do it all. So they can either save the strawberries or they can save the beans and, and farmers are in that decision right now. And some are even deciding it's just not worth it, forget this year's harvest, it's actually at that point. And yet there are those weeds just growing fine somehow on their own. In Genesis chapter 3, you find that Adam is the one to blame for that one. As a result of Adam's sin, Adam and Eve's sin, their transgression, there was consequences that occurred. And to Adam, God comes and tells him that because of what he's done, this is what's going to happen. Genesis 3 verse 17 and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. Cursed is what? The ground. 
the ground, and cursed the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. The ground was cursed because of Adam, because of Adam's sin. Before that, in the garden, they didn't have to work hard. They didn't have to pull weeds. They didn't have to do any of that kind of stuff. And there weren't thorns and thistles growing up and choking out the good crops. Instead, they could just pick whatever they wanted to, and they were welcome to do that with any tree there except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Adam and Eve could not just leave that alone, could they? As, as wonderful as God was to make everything else available, Adam and Eve just couldn't leave that alone. They were tempted by the adversary, the serpent, and they listened, and the ground became cursed. The ground became cursed. When it comes to that which grows, it's not just a matter of the plants in the field that are talked about as growing, but also what we grow in our lives. I'd like you to go to Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew 13, we're going to see a parable of the sower. And the sower sowed some seed. And we're going to find out what the parable of the sower is all about. We're going to find out how it relates to us and how important it is for us to determine what it is that we are growing and what we need to do to make sure that we are growing. In Matthew chapter 13, this wonderful parable of the sower picks up in verse 3. Thank you. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to what? Sow. Sow. A sower went forth to sow. Now that's not a seamstress. It's not that kind of sowing, okay? It's a sower sowing seed. Sowing seed. So the sower goes out to sow the seed. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. The wayside is the roadside. There he is, he's walking along, you know, and you're sowing seed, and some of it just unintentionally fell on that hard, beaten-down ground, the wayside. And there it was, it never went into the, into the ground, and the birds just came along right away and ate it right up. Verse 5. Some, some of this seed, fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, what happened to them? They withered away. They withered away. So some seed, it's falling on ground that can receive the seed. It's not like that hard ground. It receives it, but underneath that ground, there's so many stones. It's such rocky ground that although it grows up quickly, it never has a chance to really get its roots down. 
It never has the chance to really get its roots into the ground, and because it doesn't, then, boy, you don't even need a drought. All you need is a couple of hot days, and what happens? It withers away. It withers away. We'll keep reading. So that's the second category. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. So here's the third category. It can put down roots, but it's in that same area where there's thorns, and those thorns choke it. Boy, we've got ivy. You Probably a lot of you do it. That's another thing that's just kind of crept into the area over the past several years. And this ivy, you really have to watch it. It just wants to strangle all of your plants. It grows right up the trees. You know, I hurt myself trying to get it off the trees a few years back. It's just crazy. But if you don't, it will just choke the life out of those plants. That's what happened to some of the seed. Some of the seed just had the life choked out of it as it started to grow. Verse 8. But other fell into good ground. Other seed fell into good ground. Good ground. And brought forth what? Fruit. Fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. That's, that's a great little expression that Jesus Christ often tagged onto the end of his um, teaching. Who have ears to hear, let them hear, because not everybody does. Some people have ears to hear, others don't. Some people, when, they, when the Word of God is shared with them, it just doesn't even register. It doesn't even, like, go in. They don't have ears to hear. We're going to find out what this seed is, but, boy, it relates to all of this. But this last category of, of ground is the good ground. The good ground that when that seed's planted there, it grows up and it produces fruit. And fruit, in the Bible, that doesn't just mean apples or cherries or bananas or that kind of fruit. It's, you know, vegetables. It's all everything that you would eat. Fruit is, is referred to all of that. Well, that's, he, he shares this parable, and then his disciples come, and, and they ask you know, why he had to share about all of this stuff in parables, and he explains that for them, it's given to know the, the great things of the kingdom, but for others that don't really want to hear, then it's just fine in parables that they'll never get. But it is explained. It is explained, you see. It's explained. We don't have to guess at it. We don't have to guess, well, what's that all about? What's, what's the different ground, and what's the seed, and what are all these things? We don't have to guess. We let the Word of God explain itself. We read in the context where the Word of God will interpret itself right there in the context. So we'll skip down to verse 18. Hear ye, therefore, the parable of the sower. Now he's explaining it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom... When everyone hears the word of the kingdom, the word of God, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. <clears throat> there are those who, when they hear the word, 
they don't understand it. They don't understand it. And so the wicked one, the adversary, he comes along and right away he just snatches it out of them, just snatches it out of them so that they don't even have a chance. Verse 20, but he that received the word into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, or immediately is what that means, with joy receiveth it. So there's this one, the one that's like the stony ground, that ground that received the seed, and it started to grow, but then got withered away. Well, these are those that hear the word, and when they hear it, they receive it with joy. They're excited. Boy, they're just, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. This is, this is just what I've been looking for. This is so terrific. There are those people that fall into that category. And yet, somehow, as excited as they are, you know, a couple weeks later, you wonder what happened to them. You wonder where they went. They were so excited. They were talking about how great this was. What happened? Where did they go? Well, they receive it with joy, verse 21. Yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth. He stands for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is what? Okay. Offended. So this person, they're all excited, but they never have the roots. They never let the word sink down. They never get rooted in the word. It takes some doing to get rooted. It takes some work. And what you're going to see with all of what we're looking at is it does take some work. It doesn't take any work for weeds to grow. I didn't cultivate those weeds. I did not work hard to grow those weeds. I did not try to grow those weeds. They just grew. You'll never have any problem in your life growing weeds in your own life, those things that would choke the word. You'll have no problem growing those. The adversary, the God of this world, just like the ground is cursed, and because it's cursed, because of Adam's transgression, just, be, just as the ground is cursed and those physical weeds grow up, in the same way and for the same reason, because of Adam's transgression and the adversary being the God of this world, there will be no problem with weeds growing up that will want to choke the word out of your life. No problem with that. But to grow the good fruit, that takes some doing. That takes some cultivating. You have to, if you want to grow good crops, you don't just throw it anywhere. You prepare the ground. You know, thinking about stony ground, I think about driving through Connecticut. Connecticut's so fun because when you drive through it, you'll be driving through an area and you'll look and you'll see a field of trees, a forest of trees. And in the middle of that forest that doesn't appear to belong to anybody, you'll see a stone wall going right through it. And you think, well, who would who would build a stone wall going through the middle of a forest? Why would they ever do that? Well, the reason why it's there is because at one point that forest was farmland. There was a point in Connecticut where there were no trees. All of them had been cut down for farms. And that's some stony ground. 
Ohio was settled by people from Connecticut. And I always think, boy, those people from Connecticut must have been so glad, those farmers, when they got to Ohio. You might come across a rock here and there when you're digging in Ohio, but in Connecticut, every time you stick that shovel in the ground, you're coming across a lot of rocks. So as they were clearing a field, they'd carry these big rocks to the edge of the field, and they'd use them and make good use of them to make these stone walls. That's how I have all those stone walls and in other countries too, like you see them in Ireland and places. You clear the land. You clear the land. You plow up the land, and then you clear all those rocks out of that so that you can have good ground to receive the seed. The seed's the word of God. Boy, that's, that's pure seed. You know, Monsanto hasn't gotten a hold of that and messed with it yet. Those of you that know all about Monsanto. Um, that's good seed. And the life is in the seed itself. There's no problem with the crop. It's not a matter of the, of the seed. It's not a matter of what it is that you're planting. If you're not seeing fruit, or you're not seeing the fruit of that crop that you want, it's a matter of doing a little more cultivating. It's a matter of watching and continue to take care of that land. To clear out the rocks in the first place. And then, if some weeds do begin to grow, what do you do? Let them choke the word out? No. You get in there and you rip them out, right? You've got to do that. If you're going to grow a garden, you've got to do some weeding. And boy, those grow fast, don't they? They grow fast, and you've got to always be vigilant to get rid of the weeds because that's that next category. That next category, verse 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. There's the word growing. It's growing up. It's starting to grow. But then the weeds choke it out. And what are the weeds here? Cares. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Pressure or pleasure. That's always the two-pronged attack of the adversary. Pressures and pleasures. Some people, they just are beaten down by life. So the word never produces fruit. They allow themselves to become so overburdened, so filled with cares, so carrying the weight of the world on their shoulder, so beaten down by the, the pressure of life and the stress and the anxiety that goes with it, that the word doesn't produce fruit. And some of those people, you can't see them for dust, and others they may go a lifetime of never producing fruit, of just being that, that tree without fruit on it because that pressure or the pleasures of life, and there's the other way. For some people, it's the pleasures of life, the deceitfulness of riches, all of the empty promises of the world. All of if you do this, boy, then life will be great. And if you make a million dollars, then life will be wonderful, and you'll never have another worry. Go talk to some millionaires and see if they have any worries. I'll bet you they do. I'll bet you they do. The deceitfulness of riches, all those pleasures in life, that's what people allow to choke the word. Mm -hmm. Verse 23, But he that received the word into the good ground 
is he that heareth the word and does what? Understandeth it, which also bears fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. When we receive that word to the end, that we let it take root and we don't let it get choked out. Then we reach the point of understanding that then results in the wisdom and the right application of that knowledge and we produce fruit in our lives. That's what we need to do to prepare the ground. And we are the ones that have the responsibility of also being the sower. Look at Galatians chapter 6. First, if you want a good crop in your life, if you want some real fruit of the Word of God in your life, you have to prepare that ground. And then you have to watch over it diligently. But you're also the one who has the responsibility to do the sowing. You're the sower. And you choose what you're going to sow. You choose what you want to plant. Anybody here plant a garden this year? No, not a lot of people that garden. Um, how many of you have ever planted a garden? Lots, pretty much everybody. Um, now, if you're going to plant a garden, you decide what you grow. You know, you might like tomatoes, so you want to plant some tomatoes. You might like green beans, so you'll plant some green beans. You might not like carrots, so you're not going to plant carrots. Unless somebody else you know likes them and you want to bless them. But you decide what you're going to plant, right? Yeah. Okay. We do that. We choose what we're going to plant. Now, here's the, <clears throat> the thing. You're gonna, if you don't plant, if you don't sow, you're still going to grow something. Weeds. Weeds. You're going to grow weeds because <clears throat> the adversary will make sure that that's growing. If I, don't, if I have a, an open field, and I don't plant anything in it, do you think in a year, if it's not a drought, that that's still going to look brown? No. No. What's it going to be? Weeds. Covered with weeds, right? Covered with weeds. So either you decide to just let the weeds grow, or you decide to grow something worth growing. In Galatians 6, in verse 7, it says, Be not deceived. Don't be fooled. Don't get tricked. People get tricked. People get tricked. God is not mocked. Nobody's going to... Now, God is not mocked. Are there people that mock God? Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that there aren't people out there mocking God, but the laugh's on them because in the end they're going to find out who was right. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also what? Reap. reap. Whatsoever a man sows, that he shall also reap. What you sow, you reap. What you sow, you reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. What do you want to sow? What do you want to grow? In Galatians chapter 5, it talks about your choice of what you can produce. So before you, if you want to know what's available to grow, you can look at Galatians 5. In Galatians 5, you see in verse 19, it talks about the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, 
adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. So that, you could plant that if you want. Um, you know, and some people might, I guess, want to plant some of those things, but it's all in a crop that you'll find out, you know, is not really worth having. Or you have this choice in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Long-suffering, that doesn't mean you're suffering long again. It just it means patience. Gentleness, goodness, believing, meekness, temperance. Temperance, that's self-control. Probably the term that most, and I'm going to do a teaching on this at some point, probably the, the word in our vernacular that most describes what this is is willpower. People always, oh, if I only have more willpower. Well, that's a fruit of the Spirit. Okay? You can get it. Mm -hmm. Against such there is no law. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is a crop worth producing. This is something that we can sow. How do we sow it? How do we sow it? Do you sow the fruit? No. You sow what? Seed. The seed. The seed produces the fruit. People think that they can sow fruit. People think that they can get fruit, but you don't get fruit without planting seed. If you want love, you don't get love by chasing after love. If you want joy, you don't get joy by pursuing joy. You don't get peace by wanting peace. You see? You get it by planting the seed that's going to produce it. You plant the seed, and then you cultivate the ground. You cultivate that ground. But you have to do that planting, and you have to do that cultivating. It, only weeds grow on their own. You can have as much as you want. There again in Galatians, back in chapter 6. Where is that? And maybe that's not Galatians, where it says, he that planteth sparingly. That's Corinthians, right? Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Corinthians, it talks about planting. And it says, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. If you want just a small crop, you know, you want just a little garden, you know, you can do that. You can just get a flower pot. Loretta likes doing it that way. You planted some things, right? Herbs. Some herbs. You planted some herbs. You know, the kind you put on your food. Um, and she just wanted a little bit. She didn't want, like, enough to sell down at the farmer's market. She just wanted a little bit for our own food. So she sowed sparingly. If you want a lot of food, then you sow how? Bountifully. You decide. You decide how much you want. We decide how much we want. We decide what we're going to sow. And as it's been said, and it's a true statement, the easiest way to kill anything is to just neglect it. That's the easiest way. It may not always be the quickest, but it's the easiest way. The easiest way to kill anything is simply neglect it. If you plant, but you don't take care of it, then it will just die. 
it will just die. So we decide what we want in our lives, and if we want that fruit of the Spirit, if we want that love, that joy, that peace, that gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and long-suffering, then that's all we have to do is sow that crop and let it grow and watch over it. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.